0: Welcome to the CMB Fantasy
1: Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. It is Thursday morning, October 24th, episode 125. I am joined with me as always by my co-host, Zach Henson. Zach,
2: how you doing? Ooh, doing well, just finishing some uh some lunch and uh, doing a little double duty here within twenty-four hours, aren't we? Yeah, I was about to say, the
1: the listeners here get, the the cost of admission, they get two episodes. I mean, yeah. it's, a free, it's a free podcast. Yeah, but you, quite the deal. Two in two days. So we recorded uh, episode 124 last night, as I'm sure you've previously listened to already, with Jake Stanifer, who gave us his analysis, his review of all 14 teams in CMB through seven weeks. And Zach, I, I personally felt like it was one of our better episodes. I know you felt a little bit more engaged than usual, being able to talk about all these teams. How would you feel like last night went?
2: Yeah, I thought it went well. I hope everybody enjoyed it. We just, um, I guess it was a few weeks ago that we had the idea of kind of going through each team and looking at a mid-season before the trade deadline in our league just to kind of see where everybody stands, where they could improve, and stuff like that. So I thought uh, Jake did a good job, and and hopefully everybody enjoyed getting to hear a little bit about their teams and uh, everybody else in the league.
1: And certainly we'll talk about each team a little bit more in the standings as well. But I mean, right now through just the midway point of the regular season, it's everyone's still in the race at this point. I know that there's there's one team that only has one win right now, but uh, through seven weeks, anything can happen in this league and and people can make their way back in. So no one give up Uh, take Jake and Zach's advice, maybe and make some changes to your team and, and you might see yourself in the playoff race.
2: Yeah. And the trade deadline is two weeks away from this Saturday. So um, you got time to make some moves. However, you know, like in the future, I, I wouldn't mind the trade deadline being the same date as the NFL deadline. Just a thought. I don't know. Yeah, not bad. I think the NFL trade deadline is what, like next Tuesday? Yeah, I feel like it might be Tuesday. And uh, ah. that would be kind of cool. Like when you know that, when you hear about that with the NFL, you know it's coming up in our league too. Cause I, I never remember the date for our league. I just mm. looked it up. So uh, November 9th. <sighs>
1: All right, so let's uh, let's move on here and let's do this. is This will be our standard episode. Episode one twenty five will be our week seven uh, recap and week eight preview episode. So let's get it going and do a trip around the league. Let's
2: take
1: a trip around the league. Week seven recap, Zach. Let's start like we always do with our All Pro team. Do you have that ready for us?
2: I do. Our All Pro team for week seven. Top quarterback, Aaron Rodgers. No surprise there, 53.05 points for Chase and Carver. Uh, Well overdue, they would say, I'm sure, at this point. Uh, Marvin Jones' pace, 43.30. Did you start him? I did. You did? All right. So uh, Marvin Jones, then Zach Pascal, out of nowhere, 39.15 points. who was picked up by uh, Chase and Carver. And then Chase Edmonds, who we, uh, Brian and I, know all too well about at this point, had the game of his life with 35 points. Um, he should go ahead and probably retire after that. It's not going to get any better. Uh, Lamar, uh, Octavius Murray, 32 points um, for us. And then Darren Waller was the top tight end, 31.60. Your top flex was Dalvin Cook, 27.90. And your top kicker was Brett Mayer from Dallas, 15 points. We had him. Your top DST, I mean, we could skip this every week, but it's uh, New England with the uh, East Coast Swambats, 33 points. Same as last week, so 33 again. Top IDPs, Chandler Jones with Kevin, 26.25. Dante Fowler's free agent, 20, 24.75. Blake Martinez with IDPs, still suck, 19 points. Your top DBs are Logan Ryan Pace, 16 points. And then Von Bell with uh, West Coast Wombat, 16 points, bringing the total to 412. So pretty good, pretty good week right there.
1: Yeah, so the 412 total that was a 23.95 point increase from week 6 the previous week and it is the third highest total for the all-pro team uh, all season. Yeah. Uh, so to add some context to these numbers, you're talking about Aaron Rodgers and how the long overdue big week for Big Orange Bullies. It is only the fifth time that Rodgers has thrown five touchdowns in one game, which is kind of silly cuz like a lot of quarterbacks either never do that in their career or only do it like once or twice and the way we talk about Rodgers is it's only the fifth time he's done it. Uh, he is the first player since 1991 to throw for five touchdowns and rush for a touchdown in the same game. So huge week for Rodgers. Uh, you mentioned Marvin Jones, who I started. I haven't really started him each week, but I needed him with uh, with uh, DJ Moore on bye. And Marvin Jones becomes only the third player in NFL history to have four touchdowns in two separate games. Zach, do you know who the other two uh, players that had four TDs in two different games?
2: I do not. Who is
1: it? jerry rice and sterling Shepard. so it's been a while since that happened sterling shepherd wow
2: okay
1: last from the past um this next guy here zach pascal who was a free agent last week so can't give big orange bullies too much credit for rostering him they picked him up after last week but like you said 39.15 points pascal was a former titans practice squatter And so uh, Jack Doyle was as well. I don't know if people know that or not. Jack Doyle was signed as an undrafted free agent to the Titans like in 2011 or 12 and the Titans let him go and he went and just, he ended up getting a second deal with the Colts. So two former Titans practice squatters that are making big impacts on the Colts. Uh, So the Colts are just continually killing the Titans both on the field and in uh, scouting and player development. So pretty much, beating their AFC South uh, rival in every possible way. Uh, and then you mentioned Chase Edmonds, 35 points. Brutal for Big Horns Bullies because this is another week where they see their running backs handcuff just go off for another team. I know Jake said that he tried trading Edmonds away, and it sounds like you know Jake's totally content with, with Big Orange Bullies not taking him up on that offer.
2: I wish they would have taken the deal.
1: Right. Oh, yeah. I forgot you played them last week.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, The next one here, though, you can't be too upset about this one, is Latavius Murray, the handcuff for your running back, Alvin Kamara, 32 points. He had 27 carries. Solid. Murray. I mean, that has to be the highest uh, touch total for him for his entire career. Uh, Here's Latavius Murray's previous four weeks, and of course, he got the workload because Kamara uh, was injured last week. Uh, The previous four weeks before week seven, Latavius Murray had two, four, seven, and eight carries, and then he you know just bumps up to 27 so you know you you and brian obviously aren't going to expect that type of volume for murray and if you guys are fortunate you know camaro will be back soon but not a bad week for the handcuff
2: no and i think that at this point in the season if you do not have your handcuff if there are somehow any handcuffs out there um you need to pick them up it's it's just that time of year you do not want to get caught without a handcuff right now so um I would be looking on free agency or trying to make a trade.
1: Darren Waller, the Raiders' tight end, this is probably the third week he's been the All-Pro tight end, and he finally scores his first touchdown of the season, and he ends up actually putting up two. Uh, the entire Raiders' offense is pretty much rookie running back Josh Jacobs and journeyman tight end Darren Waller, both are on Kemp's cruise uh, or in Kemp's cruise lineup each week. So I never imagined that we'd be discussing you know p- positive impact guys on the twenty nineteen Raiders, but here we are. I mean, I this has been one of the shocks of the season seeing the Raiders put up positive numbers.
2: Yeah, Darren Waller, number two tight end overall in our league, right behind Austin Hooper. That's who you, stuff. that's that's what you expected, right? Number one and number two. Austin oh yeah,
1: Hooper. not not Travis Kelsey, not George Kittle. Yeah. The guys taken in the uh the double digit round. Yep. Uh your flex player, you mentioned Dalvin Cook. So Cook has either scored a touchdown or gone over a hundred yards in six of his seven starts this season. So really impressive stuff. He's been super steady. So Cook is no longer really in like that early season MVP conversation like he was through the first couple of weeks, but he's had twenty five attempts or he had twenty five attempts last week. And so he's been a pretty valuable asset to what the Vikings are trying to do on offense and definitely for Tecmo.
2: Yeah, definitely they're getting some great value uh, taking Dalvin at the beginning of the second round. He's the number two overall running back in our league right now, only behind McCaffrey.
1: It's getting kind of boring at this point, Zach, to talk about the New England Patriots defense and special teams. So Kansas City was close this week with 29 points. So they were almost the all-pro DST. But it's getting to the point where we are just going to have to start calling them the league-winning New England DST because the numbers that they're putting up each week for ECW, that could be what wins them their first title. As we we talked about with Jake on uh, the episode with him last night. Uh, so, on the season, the Patriots have totaled 190 points. The next highest DST, Zach, can you guess who it is? Oh, no. It's San Francisco with 115. Yeah. Wow. There's a 75-point delta between the number one and number two DSTs in our league. And if the New England DST were a player, yeah, it'd be the fourth highest overall in CMB, trailing only Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson. So the, the New England DST is the top-rated non-QB in all of fantasy football right now.
2: Unbelievable. We and, will, I mean this this is a one of a kind year. This will I, I can't imagine this happening anytime soon after this. And they have such a soft schedule.
1: I know and it, that can't keep up, right? I mean like their schedule's got to get tougher at some point for the Patriots. I mean they've played the Bills They've played the Jets, I think, twice. They've played the Dolphins. I mean, it's just the easiest schedule possible so far.
2: And, like, we have 23 rounds in our in our league, mm-hmm. and they got them in the 18th round.
1: And how many DSTs do you think went before the Patriots in our draft?
2: Oh, wow, yeah, there's there's no telling. Yeah. I, mean, I would say a good, a good amount.
1: All right, so that was our all-pro team uh, recap from last week. A uh, huge week for some of these guys. I mean, it's the same team's – that you're seeing on this all-pro team each week, and it's no surprise are the teams that are sitting there at the top. Uh, but, Zach, let's look at the standings, speaking of teams at the top, and look at the standings currently in CMB. And right now, when you look, there are two teams – the two teams with the highest points for are in first and second place. ECW and IDP still suck, so no surprises there. Uh, Jake mentioned last night that his team, Kemp's crew, has the easiest schedule so far. You know, Kemp's Crew's basically been like the, the New England Patriots defense – but uh, he, you know, Jake is in third despite four teams behind him having more points for. So Jake's not even really putting up huge numbers. He's just getting this soft schedule and, and winning his matchups. But, um, you know, Kemp's crew and IDPs are tied with the two longest winning streaks in the league right now. They've each won five straight. So I wonder how long that can keep up.
2: Yeah, they, uh, yeah. No, there's, there's not too much more to say on that. I mean, that's just fantasy football for you.
1: Yep. The Allman brothers, they were once in last place just a few weeks ago and they have soared into the playoff race. They are now in eighth place. Never thought we'd be talking about the Allman brothers and the playoff hunt, but they do have the second fewest points for in our league, but they've won two straight and that's really all that matters. I mean, they've also finally spent some fab dollars as we saw, which means that every team has at least spent a dollar through eight weeks. So it's yeah. it's there's maybe a correlation there. You spend some money and you you find your yourself in eighth place. They must have been eating their almonds every day too. So that's what happens. Only organic. Yeah. All yeah. right. And the pace in your face and Dragon Energy, uh, man, I we move into twelfth and last place respectively. And uh, you know, my team and Dragon Energy Rish both are on three game losing streaks. So when it rains it pours, man. It's been rough.
2: Yeah. Rish needs to change his name. I think we brought that up a few episodes ago, but nothing has happened. So, I mean, just what that's what's going to happen until he, ch- he changes it to Risher's Rainmakers.
1: When it rains, it pours for Risher's Rainmakers. Yep. And also, too, I mean, we, we've we offered a lot of suggestions to teams in this league throughout the last couple of weeks for their matchups. I helped out the Allman Brothers, telling them to start Geronimo Allison, and they ended up winning that matchup, I believe. We've given Rish lots of suggestions. I'm not really sure he's hearing any of them. But I will say I sent him a player for player trade. We'll talk about later, and he accepted it within like thirty minutes. So he's he's keeping up. It's not like Rish is punting on the season.
2: No, no, no. Yeah, he's still he's still keeping up. Um, I mean, you see what happened when IDP still sucked. Changed their uh, avatar. I mean, look no, at absolutely. them. I think they've won five games straight since they did that. What I think needs to happen is
1: Rish needs to trade for Daniel Jones and steal that. Ooh,
2: woohoo! That would be. Uh, very unsettling for jay and jacob i just don't
1: i don't see that trade happening i don't i don't either if there's one player in this league that is off the table it's daniel jones that's right all right zach let's move on and talk about the pick and challenge right now so nothing's really changed jeff gall remains in first place with 31 points and then matt slash john i can't remember how they're really doing i think john's technically making the picks matt and john are in second place with 29 points and then Jay Myrick and Jake Stanford are tied in third with 28. There's some teams with 26 and 25 points, but those teams kind of have settled up at the top. And uh, it, it's looking like it's, it's Jeff's as long as he can keep up these
2: uh, impressive weeks. Yeah, I mean, Jay and, uh, Jay and Matt all made some moves, though, on uh, Jeff. So they, they moved up a couple more spots. So um, looks like Jay had the best week out of everybody with getting six right.
1: Yeah, so impressive week for Jake and then uh I mean the pickem challenge I don't really know what what else there is to say about this it's uh you know it, it doesn't feel like it matters until the very end but you know these teams have been at the top for so long but uh we will move on Zach and let's let's talk about what you and I called our our pickem from last week week 7 locks and bold predictions review we both locked up big orange bullies i think everyone in the league locked up bob last week so we both got the win there my bold prediction was that Mark Andrews would have two touchdowns. And not only did Mark Andrews not have two touchdowns, he didn't score a single touchdown, and he ended up dropping three passes that hit him in the hands, and he had a really costly fumble, just 5.9 points on the day. So I just want to send an apology to East Coast Wombats. I'll stop talking about Mark Andrews. <laughs> All right, and then Zach, your, your bold prediction might have been just as bad. You said yeah, D- it was the DST for new England would finish with fewer than 10 points and man, they blew out. I mean, they shut out the jets 33 to zero
2: in New York. I really thought that Sam Darnold would look better than that, but, um, obviously he didn't. I watched just a little bit of that game and it looked like if we were outside playing flag football back in the day, like people throwing these lobbing balls up and stuff like that. I mean, it was crazy the way that he was, he was passing the ball. So. Yeah, that was a big L on that one. That was uh, that was terrible. My apologies. All right,
1: that was week seven, our recap, and we will put that to bed. Moving on to week eight preview. Zach, let's talk about the week that was fab, probably the biggest fab week uh, so far this season in our Show Me the Money segment. Show me the money! Zach, the number one fab player of week Eight so far has been Ty Johnson the Detroit running back goes to Gregco for $50 have we seen a player so far through fab through the last three seasons or so since we've been doing this to go over $50
2: I think that Brian and I emptied our fab on Latavius Murray last year maybe mm-hmm. I could be wrong I, I can't remember but uh yeah I feel like it's it was something like that. So, but still, that's a, that's a lot of fab. And um, you know, with Greg, it was just something he had to do. He had a lot of fab to use. We're right at this point in the season, and uh, I, I don't blame him for it.
1: So, Ty Johnson goes to Greg, like you mentioned, for fifty bucks. Kemp's crew bid twenty-five. I bid eighteen, and IDP's bid sixteen. So, obviously, Greg overpays by twenty-five dollars. But like you mentioned, uh, Detroit put Carryon Johnson on IR with a knee injury. And then they upgraded Paul Perkins off their practice squad to, do- to join Ty Johnson and J.D. McKissick. Uh, so I-, I know I understand the move here. Greg had carry-on on his roster, who's now an IR, so he needed the handcuff here. But I don't know if this is going to be a true handcuff. It sounds like Detroit might be a running back by committee. Uh, so I hope this pays off for Greg, but it, from what I'm hearing as well, there could be a trade in the works before the deadline in the NFL. Have you heard the rumors, Zach, about Kenyon Drake possibly being traded from the Dolphins to the Lions?
2: Yeah, I have heard that. So, I mean, who knows at this point. But um, d- didn't we feel like there was a lot going to happen last year, nothing to happen, really? No, I feel like
1: last year was pretty exciting there at the end. I mean, we saw the Golden Tate trade, Demarius Thomas traded. Uh, not, not a lot of like huge names or anything that really impacted our league. But there were there were several names, and I've heard that this year the trade deadline in the NFL it, I mean, we've already seen four or five trades so far. But I think this year could be even more exciting. Yep. So Greg, Greg gets Ty Johnson for fifty dollars, the highest Fab uh, of the season. The next highest this week was Kenny Stills, the Houston receiver. I get him for twenty bucks. Uh, West Coast Wombats also bid twenty. I was higher on the waiver priority, so I get Kenny Stills. And I almost bid ten dollars. I bumped it up to twenty last second. So I'm I'm glad I did. Isaiah forty thirty one bid ten. Kemp's crew eight, and Zach and Brian you bid six. So the decision behind Kenny Stills is Will Fuller the fifth uh, is now out for a significant amount of time, according to Houston reporters. Uh, so you know you got to feel bad for for West Coast wombats because they had Kenny or they had a uh, uh, Will Fuller the fifth. So they are they are unable to get the new number two receiver in Houston. I, I'm not sure if I'll start Kenny Stills this week, but to me, twenty dollars for a guy who is the number, I think I think Watson's the number one QB in CMB this this year so far. So to get the number one QB's number two receiver, not too bad for me.
2: Yeah, no, that's not too bad. When you get a chance, I've got some notable fab. Um, amounts from last year that might just be kind of funny go for it okay your your highest fab last year was hnf we got ryan fitzpatrick oh boy for 45 dollars oh gosh 45 fab um des bryant went to strong sides last year for 41 dollars and pace you bid 16 and got outbid $41. And, and Des never touched the field, right? Yeah, Des, yeah, never touched the field. Yeah, Another high one from last year was Pace. You got Gus Edwards for $26. Worth um, it. Next highest was $21, so that's that's not too bad. Uh, Greg got Jeff Wilson Jr. for $26 last year. And uh, Ian Thomas, Dragon Energy, $50 in fab uh, to Dragon Energy. Ian Thomas, Carolina, right in. Ian Thomas, Carolina tight end. That's all I know. <laughs> so, wow. I don't 50 bucks. So just looking back at last year, that's just a couple uh notable high, high fab right there. So that's it,
1: <laughs> man. That's yeah. Wow. $50 for Ian Thomas. I, how did I not remember that? That's, yeah. that seems bizarre to me. So, uh, kind of weird to value, I guess, $50 for Ian Thomas and then $50 for possibly a workhorse running back in Ty Johnson this year. But yeah, so
2: not so bad, right? You're okay. Your, yeah, great. Go, you're
1: okay. Go get your guy, I guess. Um, the, other, the other fab guy from this week was Minka Fitzpatrick, the Pittsburgh safety. He goes to strong side for $6. I bid two. And Fitzpatrick, I mean, he's a Bama boy, so it makes sense going to Matt, right? Yeah, all is right. All right. Two notable non-compete fab players from this week. And we mentioned uh, Ty Johnson going to Gregco for $50. J.D. McKissick, now the number two running back in Detroit, goes to Kemp's crew for $3. That could, uh, you know, if McKissick starts getting the work, you know, really becoming a workhorse back or gets more of the carries, $3 versus $50, I mean, that that would be a huge get for Jake. Uh, but we just, no one really knows at this point what's going to happen with Detroit's backfield. But, you know, the biggest news of the week was the Almond Brothers finally have spent some fab dollars, and they spend it on a tight end. Are you surprised at all, Zach?
2: No. Well, I'm surprised that they spent some fab, but I'm not surprised that they did and it was on a tight end.
1: And it not only on a tight end, we talked about it with Jake last night, it is on a backup tight end for the Titans, Jonu Smith. So, clearly, James and Blake see something in, uh, in the number two tight end in Tennessee.
2: Yeah. I remember, was it last year when everybody thought he was going to break out and nothing really came of it. Maybe he's, uh, he's learned a lot. Apparently he looked good Sunday. I didn't get to watch that game. Um, But maybe there is something there, you know, in the meantime, while Delaney's hurt.
1: Yeah. And Delaney, huge regression candidate. I mean, he missed all of last season, obviously, but even this year he's been, you know, injured for two games at least. And really he's only like Jake mentioned last night, only put up one really solid week in week one against the Browns. So who knows with the Johnny Smith move? I mean, it's good to see the Almond Brothers not showing a hundred dollars next to their fat budget anymore.
2: How's your dad doing with uh, Delaney having this regress- regression?
1: Uh, you know, I haven't really talked to him about it in a while. He, um, I don't know. I it's it, you Preds, call him up, check on him. The Pred season started back up, you know, like three weeks ago, four weeks ago. So he's all he's into hockey now. Oh, Okay. He's sort of a September football fan, and when hockey starts back up, it's it's he kicks it to the curb. Got it. All right, so let's talk about three trades that took place in our league this past week, and we'll go through these quickly here. But like I mentioned, I did a player-for-player trade, which is pretty rare in fantasy football. I trade Jimmy Graham to Dragon Energy for Adrian Peterson, and that probably will end up being a wash. I mean, Jimmy Graham had his best week of the season last week for Rish. I think he started him. Rish needed a tight end. Uh, I kind of felt like with the interim coach, um, Bill Callahan, in Washington, that they were going to start giving the ball to Peterson a lot, which they did. It hasn't really paid off at all and Peterson's already hurt so we'll see what happens there but I thought that was a pretty just almost not even worth talking about just a quick player for player thing.
2: Yeah, I think that's a that's a good move for you. Um, you know, if Adrian Peterson can get it going, you know, with Washington which is saying a lot right now, but Jimmy Graham's kind of boomer bust and and Rish lucked out and got uh, one of his good weeks. So, yeah, I think it's it's pretty much a wash though.
1: Rich needs help at tight end still. I mean, he he rolled out with OJ Howard for the first six weeks and it just he he never moved on from him. I think he's still on his bench, but Howard's just not even worth rostering at this point.
2: Yeah. All
1: right, next trade here was your worst nightmare trades. Josh Jacobs and Allen Robinson to Kemp's crew for Tyler Lockett, James White, and Phillip Rivers. I, I didn't understand this trade at the time, and I still don't quite get it for either team here. I mean, Josh Jacobs, one of the workhorse running backs in this league, already as a rookie, so He's only played seven games in this league. But, you know, Jacobs and Robinson going to Kemp's. I just don't really understand this move for either team. Uh, I think what Kevin was trying to do here, Zach, was he wanted Phillip Rivers because Mahomes and uh, Drew Brees were injured. But Mahomes looks like he might come back this Sunday. So, it kind of feels like it was just a Lockett and James White trade for Josh Jacobs and Alan Robinson. What did you make when you first looked at this trade, Zach? What did you make of it?
2: Uh, obviously, Kevin needs a quarterback in this situation with the Mahomes news. Doubt he would have made this move given the news that Mahomes is out practicing apparently somehow. I don't think he'll play, but um, that's great. Knowing that Drew Brees is, is possible to play, I mean, everything kind of is looking good for Kevin he might just need one week it sounds like um but yeah I mean it's just uh I think this was a good trade for Jake in my opinion getting rid of Phillip Rivers and uh Josh Jacobs like you said workhorse running back James White's been good in PPR in our league but you just never know with the Patriots you never know I've had Tyler Lockett in the other league and uh he's okay but Allen Robinson just gets you a lot of targets so uh uh, I think it's it's a you know fair trade, but I think that uh, Jake definitely wins this one.
1: Another head-scratcher here is Big Orange Bullies trades Vance McDonald, Jarvis Landry, and Jordan Howard to Isaiah 4031 for Zach Ertz. Zach, I'm surprised that Jordan moved on from Ertz. Ertz probably the best fantasy player overall for the Philadelphia Eagles, his favorite team, and he trades for Vance McDonald, an inferior tight end, Landry, a guy who's been kind of missing in action for the Browns, and Jordan Howard, who is Jordan
2: Howard. So what if you're Jordan here, Like, why would you have made this trade, if at all? I think if anything, he is just frustrated at this point with Ertz, who has not had a great season by Zach Ertz's standards in sure. the past few years. Um, and then getting back uh, Jordan Howard, who has been the bright spot as of late for Philadelphia, so I just think that was part of it. You know, they had a, you know, a somewhat of a, a star right now in Philly to offer, and um, he made the move.
1: All right, let's move on to this next segment, Zach, which I think is either your favorite or your least favorite segment that we do, depending on what we say about your team in our Week Eight Picks of the Week.
3: Picks of the Week.
1: That first matchup here, this is Big Orange Bullies in ninth place. Kind of feels right for B.O.B. That's where they've been most of this season. It's kind of hovering around 8, 9, 10, that kind of range. Uh, they go up against Kemp's crew, uh, the third-place team, who's had, a like we talked about, a pretty favorable schedule thus far. So in this matchup, Zach, who do you pick this week? Um,
2: You go first. You go first. Who you got?
1: I'm gonna go with Big Orange Bullies actually. I think Jake's luck has to run up at some point. He's starting Teddy Bridgewater this week, who really, you know, has, has been impressive playing for Drew Brees while he's been injured. He's had one week over thirty points and it's been kind of spotty. So he's gotten wins on the field, but not really been a great fantasy uh go to guy at the QB one spot. Uh but I, I just I mean looking at this matchup, it looks like David Johnson's not gonna play again this week for a uh, big orange bullies so i don't know it's it's kind of like i'm not even going in based on any type of projection i, I think i think i just i would rather go with with chase and carver this week i'm gonna pick them
2: i want to go with jake but then you you wonder what's going to happen in new orleans with uh drew Brees this week him saying that he could play i mean i don't think that he should they they should wait you know one more week um and put bridgewater out there um and let the bye week kill even more with drew Br- or drew Brees' thumb but if if Bridgewater plays, I'm going with Jake. If Bridgewater does not play, I'm going to go with Big Orange Bullies. I think uh they got to get Keenan Allen going over there in and uh I to say San Diego with the Chargers. And uh it'll be interesting to see how they do with uh with Freeman if Matt Ryan does not play this week. He might get a lot of a lot of run there.
1: Next matchup here Dragon Energy Rish who is in last place currently against Isaiah 4031 who's in 11th. I I think Jordan really sees the effect of the trade he made last week, pretty early this week, uh, you know, missing out on, on earth. I, I think it's going to turn it around, but Vance McDonald, not somebody that I want to uh, start on a week to week basis. And he, Jordan is starting McDonald and Connor uh, against the dolphins, which could be favorable. Uh, right. But I, I don't know. I, I see, I see the Steelers doing kind of a running back by committee approach this week because uh, Connor's been hurt. So you could see Connor and Samuel splitting targets, I just, I like Rish this week. He finally gets his roster back and his, his starting lineup, who a lot of them were on by last week. Uh, Jameis against the Titans, Godwin against the Titans. You never know with the Titans defense, who's been pretty impressive, but uh, seems to have given up um, quite a bit of points to quarterbacks in the last couple of weeks. So uh, I like Rish in this one.
2: I'm going to give it to Jordan on this one. I, uh, I just can't get behind Rish's running backs right now. Um, and I think that. Um, You know, Corey Davis looked good last week, and uh, just the trade that Jordan made, I think that uh, it could help him out this week. So I'm going to give it to Jordan.
1: Next matchup is your number one and number two teams matchup of the week in CMB. That's East Coast Wombat, your first place team versus IDP Still Suck. Both are sitting at six and one, and the winner of this matchup will stay in first place. And this one's a tough one to pick so far. I mean, looking at projections, I don't like Royce Freeman as a RB2 uh, for IDP still suck. You know, they just traded away the Broncos did Emmanuel Sanders. So I don't know how much, how long they can keep giving Freeman a work share of carries. But, you know, on the other side, on East Coast Wombats, they're starting Philip Lindsay. So whoever gets the better of, of or the more carries in that matchup in the Broncos game against the Colts, I just, I think that team would win uh ecw though i mean this team is so impressive the way they've composed their roster i know obj has been kind of a disappointment but uh this team they do have some guys on by this week uh andrews Gallup, who they probably won't, weren't going to start anyway but uh I, I just i like this team a lot and i'm actually i'm going to pick east coast in this one
2: Man, yeah, yeah i agree it's it's a toss-up here um I do not like OBJ versus New England's defense. I have him in the other league as well, and he has been a total flop this year. Um, and it's hard for me to even start him this week. Uh, would you start OBJ or Corey Davis this week?
1: Uh, ooh, probably Corey Davis because, I mean, Tampa Bay's secondary that is trash.
2: That's that's who I'm starting over OBJ. I have him benched, and I picked him in the first or second round. I've got OBJ and uh, Hopkins both in that other league, and that's who's going up against each other here, but uh, I like IDPs on this one. And I'm going to give it to them. I think that they have uh, more players that could go off and, and get on the right track here, although I just think this is a, just a championship matchup right here. So you're looking at the, the championship possibly right here in uh, week eight.
1: Next matchup, this is Greg Co number six, versus your worst nightmare, number seven. Zach, I'm going to make Kevin my lock of the week this week. And even if Mahomes doesn't play, it looks like he's going to try and come back after just missing one week. Even if Mahomes doesn't play, Kevin can plug and play. Phillip Rivers or Fitz Magic, he's got depth at the quarterback spots. So I'm not worried about that at all. I'm not really worried about any of his his matchups this week. I mean, he's got a pretty soft matchup. Tyler Lockett you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make Tyler Lockett. I, I just made Kevin my lock of the week. My bold prediction is that Tyler Lockett will have two touchdowns this week against a terrible Falcons secondary. I just I like Kevin a lot this week. I think Greg put a lot of his eggs into the Ty Johnson basket and no one really knows what's gonna come of that if he's even gonna be the the workhorse guy starting out. So I just I like Kevin a lot this week.
3: And that's the bottom line. Cause Stone cold sets so. up.
2: I uh, won't we'll give it to Greco on this one. Um, be interesting to see how Ty Johnson does, but if he can get Chris Herndon out on the field and uh, Sam Darnold's not seeing ghosts and can actually throw him the ball, I think that uh, he'll have a good week. And And I really like Greg's IDPs. I'm giving it to Greg. All
1: right, this next matchup, Zach, I, I believe one of these teams during their matchup last week, I think we did get a little distracted. I don't want to blame it all on your uh, three-year-old, right? Three? Yes, three. So, Winnie Kate. Made her picks of the week, which, I personally, I wish we could do that every week. Uh, but we were told by our producer, Matt Suggs, that we did not talk about his matchup, strong side. And uh, we want to make sure we do that this week. Let's do it. All right, so strong side, number 10 versus West Coast Wombats, number 13. Man, I can't lock this one up to me because it just feels a little too soft. Uh, you know, I, I still – I hate Jamison Crowder and Christian Kirk – as strong sides wide receivers one and two this week but Aaron Jones is primed to have a big week against Kansas City Kansas City's given up the ninth most fantasy points to running backs and Aaron Jones has had a pretty strong season Uh, Marlon Mack too surprisingly a guy that has not really put up fantasy numbers until this year and Marlon Mack has a pretty decent matchup against Denver this week so I I, it's weird seeing Saquon Barkley in their flex spot Uh, I guess they just don't I don't know maybe that's just the way that they moved it around but um, I don't, I, there's just so many holes I feel like in West coast roster and their lineup this week, Darren fells at tight end, not somebody you can count on same with Shady McCoy. Uh, I, I do like Calvin Ridley though, now being the true number two receiver in Atlanta with no one really behind him, but yeah. I'm still, I'm still going to go strong side.
2: Yeah. That's what made me pause for a second was seeing Ridley on their team. And you're really interested to see how it goes for him, uh, this Sunday, and, uh, you know, obviously with with A.J. Brown as well. So they got a lot of players that you're really interested to see, see how they do. But, uh, you know, kind of like I said on the podcast last night, I think that strong side has – they're one of the top three teams in the league, even though they're in 10th place in, the, in a 2-5 and five record. It's just crazy. Uh, I'm going with them as well. I would say that anybody that has a tight end to uh, trade should be looking at West Coast Wombats. They really are in desperate need of a, a decent tight end. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with strong side.
1: All right, Zach. This next matchup, I feel like we should have hyped this a little bit more because the two co-hosts of this podcast, you and me, oh face yeah, in your face to face H and F Industries, we play each other this week.
2: Can we get some, uh, some? Let's get ready to rumble music right here. Something, something. Ladies and gentlemen,
3: welcome to the main event.
1: Get ready to rumble! I I am in 12th place. This has just been like one of the worst starts I've ever had. Uh, I'm not like talking about the ice bucket. It's, it's too early for that, but I'm just, I'm so disappointed with my team. We talked last night with Jake. I mean, Devontae Adams being out for four straight weeks, the sixth overall or fifth overall player selected in our draft. I mean, it's just, everything's, Damian Williams, I don't even know where to start. Like it's just been such a start, like a rough start for me. And uh, then H and F on the on the other side. You guys are in fifth right now. I don't know how you feel about your current team. I know you've had some injuries as well to to Camara and other guys, but uh, I'm assuming you're picking yourself this week.
2: Uh, yeah, I guess I guess so, but I, I don't have any faith in Trubisky, and uh, I really hope that Latavius Murray plays more than Camara because I mean, honestly, if you look at Camara. A huge name in, in football in general like when you hear it you're like stud you know but he hasn't been that great and I would rather him rest go through the bye with the, not playing on that ankle and and letting Murray be the bell cow again that's that's my hope for our team um, and you don't know what Gordon's going to do on our team so there's a lot of question marks I really like you with uh, Kenny Stills on yours I just hope that he saves like a you know, a eighty-nine yard touchdown for next week and not this one.
1: And what I hope for your roster too is that Melvin Gordon fumbling on the last play of the game last week against the Titans sends a message to the the coaching staff that the guy who held out for the first four or five games, he can't be trusted. And that Austin Eckler gets the majority of touches because Eckler's been a like a top five running back through this season. I think a big shock to a lot of people, but Melvin Gordon's been stealing some touches lately. So that's that's kinda what I want to see. I also want to see I've been pretty much – like, I've had Logan Ryan, I think, every week in uh, as my IDP. But my other four IDPs, I've legitimately streamed week to week. And that's not a great strategy. I know that. Um, so, hopefully, I, I see some improvement there. But this is just – I don't know. Man, Kyler Murray is another guy that's been a huge disappointment. He's had a couple of decent weeks. But – you know, I don't even know what to say about this matchup. It's just like defeating to talk about pacing your face at this I point. Would,
2: yeah, I would. we're streaming IDPs too, and it is not fun. So I do uh, see the value in the guys that are getting some of these big name IDPs early because, man, it's, you know, some weeks it's like these, these guys will do well, you know, IDP-wise, and then the next week they're nothing. And uh, it's just kind of frustrating. So that's why it's nice to get some of those big names that you know are going to be consistent. All
1: right, Zach, this next matchup, the final one here, this is our Call of the Week.
3: It's, it's time for the Call of the, of the week. week.
1: All right, Zach, our next guest, we welcome on a team. It is one half of this last matchup that we're going to call, and this is Techno Power Runners versus the Allman Brothers. We bring on James and Blake of the Almond Brothers, who have had one of the bigger turnarounds this so far this season. They go from last place to – Last place in the playoff line. They're now in eighth place. James and Blake, how are you guys doing?
3: Doing one, Flair. Doing good. Can't complain.
1: Doing well. No one can complain about the way you guys have turned this team around. What's been the biggest factor, you guys think, from going from last to eighth place just in a matter of like two or three weeks?
3: We've been at Mayfield.
0: Yeah, I, th- I think once we found out what kind of rotation we need to have and where our prime players are at and where we're going to get our points at, that's made the big difference and uh but yeah Baker Mayfield mentioned him it's where it's been a lot of help putting Brissett in um
1: one thing that's happened in the last couple of weeks during this turnaround for the Almond brothers James is you guys traded away Julio Jones who I believe was was the guy you took at the very end of the first round but you trade him for Alshon Jeffrey and Juju Smith-Schuster what what made you guys decide to move on from Julio
3: uh, we felt like we'd get more production out of those two guys than just Julio by himself, even though he gets a lot of looks and a lot of stuff. I mean, he might be the only shining point for the Falcons right now, but uh, we just felt like we'd do better with two guys that could produce instead of just one.
1: like before you guys joined for for this uh, portion of the podcast, Zach suggested that maybe you guys were more almonds uh, the last couple of weeks. Has that been the strategy? Like, what, what's been the biggest part of the turnaround for you guys?
0: Um, yeah, the almond part um, and, and just being proactive. I mean, just staying in, uh, doing research, kind of just reading what's going on, trying to just use your gut, you know, kind of figure out, you know, who's going to probably produce better and move around. So, I mean, that's been the key point is just find out who's going to give us the best. Because we've got people who are going to make plays, you know, they might not be consistent, so you just definitely got to, uh, just with anybody, with anything, you just got to know who you're going to put in and who you think's got the best shot of uh, producing for you.
1: So it sounds like you, you guys have been using your gut figuratively and literally. So you've probably been eating almonds out of the belly button still and then using your gut to uh, make moves.
3: Well, the distance yeah, has made it difficult, you know, between us to, to get as many almonds out of the belly button as we'd like. But <laughs> But yes. <laughs>
1: Uh, speaking of being proactive, Blake, you mentioned that. Uh, so you guys finally spent some fab dollars. You spent $20 on Jonu Smith, the Titans tight end, who had a – the last two weeks has had a couple of big plays for the Titans in place of Delaney Walker, who's been injured. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering who whose decision was it to, uh, to, to spend a lot of money on, on Jonu Smith?
3: That's uh, all, Blake.
0: Yeah, I went for that one. Um, the past few times that I have tried to put in just to get some – you know, some transactions get some players. I've always lost because I've always been low bids and everything. So, I mean, we're not really pulling from the pool too much. So, uh, you know, we need some. If, if for this week, Witten's on the on the on the bye week, um, and you know, Delaney, we don't know what's going to happen here. So, I just I kind of needed somebody to, you know, that's possibly going to be healthy, and you know, I didn't want to really lose that one. So, I just kind of went with a big bid on that one. So.
1: James, throughout the history of this uh, league, you've been known as the tight end whisperer. I mean, there have been guys like Kevin Boss. I I mean, Antonio Gates. I don't even know of other guys to name. Those are the two best examples. But uh, it seems like this year that you guys haven't had so much luck at tight end. Delaney Walker and Jason Witten, guys that have underproduced. So, James, are you ready to concede the title of of tight end whisperer? It, It might be IDP still suck this year.
3: Well, you know, we did draft a lot of them. And uh in hopes that people would want to trade and uh, that hadn't really worked out like we'd hoped and a lot of injuries. We we just got a bunch of old guys. So uh just thought we'd stick with the old guys and see if they pulled off one more year. But yeah, I don't think we concede that. You know, the IDP suck have enough they can they can take ownership of and we'll just keep that one for now. I think uh Blake's trade buy for or buy for John Smith is gonna be another example of just how the Almond brothers know what they're talking about when it comes to tight ends. <laughs>
1: All right. Hey, looking at your matchup this week, I, I'm certainly not going to ask you to trash talk Tecmo, uh, Tecmo power runners, but please I, do. But I mean, do. what can you say about, about Rob and Jeff? You know, that hasn't been already said, but uh, when you look at the matchup this week, Lake, what do you like about your, your week against uh, Rob and Jeff and are you picking yourself to win?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'm good. Absolutely. I think it's, we, I mean, we've got pretty much our prom players coming back. I mean, the Browns have got a pretty big tough uh, matchup against the New England Patriots. So, hopefully, Chubb. I don't know if he's going to get the points we need to um, that you know we kind of depend on. But you know, I mean, here's hoping. I mean, it's you know the, the way I see Tecmo, Tecmo's kind of like the Kawhi Leonard of you know the the league. They're very quiet and stuff, that they produce. So <laughs> hey, hey, hey
1: oh that's a great reference zach what questions do you do you have for the almond brothers after seven weeks
2: well you know really i've just been over here snacking on almonds the whole time i ran down to get some um about how many almonds are you guys eating per day right now during this uh this wind
0: streak well i've actually got some uh i've actually got some chocolate covered almonds from the girl Scouts coming in. i'm waiting those at any moment so oh. uh, i'm excited to, to kind of ramp it up from you know unsalted almonds to chocolate so yeah what about you james
3: uh yeah i've been uh, getting a little uh experimental with my almonds we uh got a new cookbook about pizza made a nice pesto using almonds instead of pine nuts and uh i think you know just as many almonds as we can include to our life however that is is just gonna be great that's good
2: that's all i got pace that was really what i was wondering
1: well, I know you usually like to ask teams when we have them on, Zach, about any type of trade block or a guy that they're looking to move on from. Uh, so, the, you know, James and Blake, are there anybody – is there any position group you guys want to improve at? Is there a guy on your roster that you're willing to part ways with?
3: Is anybody on the table? Oh, I was just going to say, I would say that uh, depth in our defense would be really our biggest area, I think. we've we I think Blake, especially has got us in a place with the rest of the team where we – like you said, we don't have any – just real huge, big, consistent guys, but they make big plays when we need it, it seems like. But, Blake, you got anything else on that?
0: Uh, I mean, no, that's pretty pretty much it right there. I mean, it's – I mean, us getting rid of Julio Jones just kind of shows that, you know, we're up for kind of trading anything as long as the deals are pretty good. So, um, I would like for the running back core to be a little bit – you know, have a strong RB2. Um, that's probably not going to happen in, in this year, but um, – so that's that's something I would like to beef back up, and I've kind of looked into. But you know, who knows what's going to happen there? So,
1: all right, James and Blake, thanks so much for joining us. Best of luck in Week Eight against Tecmo Power Runners, and best of luck the rest of the season. Hope you guys stay in the playoff hunt. Yeah,
3: thank you. all right, appreciate you. it. I'll take care.
1: All right, Zach, where would you, uh, after after talking with James and Blake, they seem confident. I know they, they want an RB B two and this week it's kind of rough with Nick Chubb playing against the number one defense in the Patriots, so I, I it's hard to see them getting it done this week. I'm going to pick Tecmo Power Runners. Uh, I already made my lock uh, for Kevin, but, I, you know, and it's funny, I don't even like Tecmo Power Runners uh, running back group either. I mean, they have one really strong running back in Dalvin Cook, who's been a top you know, three, maybe even the number one running back so far and CMB they haven't played their bye yet but uh I just I'm not as impressed with Tecmo's roster this year as I typically am with them but I, I still think they get it done this week
2: I'm really inspired after that conversation I'm going with Almond Brothers um I think that they can pull the upset here obviously you are afraid of the running backs but uh I like their IDPs and uh so yeah I'm gonna go with the Almond Brothers I forgot to put my lock of the week in it, and in my lock of the week is going to be that uh Jordan Iwanesen is going to beat Dragon Energy.
3: That's the bottom line. The Stone Cold Simpson.
1: Oh, love it. Do you have a bold prediction, Zach?
2: <sighs> My bold prediction, Johnny Smith goes for, mm, let's say 80, 80 yards and a touchdown.
1: Even better. Love it. All right, guys, that was episode 125. We just had on James and Blake, the Almond Brothers, ahead of their matchup with Tecmo Power Runners. Week 7 recap, Week 8 preview. Talked about a lot of trades and fab this week. So really exciting stuff. We're in the back half of the regular season in CMB, so another exciting season. And uh, hopefully we see some more parity. Some of those teams at the bottom can claw their way back up to the top. And uh, guys, we're
2: looking forward to another week. Go eat some almonds.
1: Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Almond Joy's got nuts. Mounds don't. Almond Joy's got real milk chocolate. Coconut and munchy nuts too. Mounds got deep, dark chocolate and chewy coconut. Ooh. Sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't. Peter Paul Almond Joy's got nuts. Peter Paul Mounds don't. sometimes you feel like a nut. Sometimes you don't.